Hello and welcome to the Arista Advice Podcast, focusing on your wealth so you can focus on your dreams. We'll navigate through the noise so that you can organize your life and financial health. Let's get started with your host, Paul Moffitt. Welcome to Arista Advice Podcast. We're thrilled and excited to have somebody who I've looked up to for many years. The industry looks up to him. He's sought after as a national speaker throughout the United States at the most important events where the largest financial advisors come, meet, exchange ideas. We're very, very excited to have Mr. Jeffrey Ratner, CPA, CFP, MBA, and an author of many books. He currently has a nationally recognized coaching program where he helps advisors and other professionals answer many of the unanswerable questions with tax codes and with regulations and laws. Mr. Jeffrey Ratner. Thank you, Paul, and I appreciate you asking me here and looking forward to sharing a lot of information with your clients and guests and others. Well, we're excited, Jeff. You know, we've worked with you and you've been known for many, many years and You've seen many cycles and many tax regulation changes, and uh, we're just thrilled to have you. We appreciate you taking some time because we know you have a busy schedule. Today, Jeff, we'd like to talk about the financial planning opportunities during and after COVID-19. COVID-19 has really shaken the world. It's brought many businesses to their knees. We're up to 100 different bankruptcies. Many financial lives and corporations and lives have been affected by this. And so we think that it's really important to continue to talk about this because there's continual regulations and changes that are coming. And the question we have for you, Jeff, is what are some things that clients and other individuals need to be doing during COVID-19 with their planning? Yeah, that's a great question, Paul. And I think one of the key things that people really have to kind of sit back and take notice of is, do they have a proper emergency fund? Do they have the proper cash reserves? You know, COVID, while I'm not a fan of, obviously, is a good wakening point for a lot of people because what it does is it provides individuals with the opportunity to say, do I have it right now? Am I going to be in a format where I'm going to be able to go ahead and really take care of myself and my family going forward? So from that standpoint, An emergency fund should equal about six months of gross living expenses. So ideally, you'd want to have it in some type of cash or liquid position. So for example, just having money in the bank or some other aspect where if you needed to access the money, it's not going to affect your investment portfolio because the monies are there. So this is important in case if you get laid off, you become sick and have a health issue through COVID. Your family member does as well. You know, you have issues with regards to paying your rent or your mortgage or other things that may come up where we have to be prepared for. So the emergency fund should really be started at, Paul, I would say, you know, by developing a budget and having it line item piece by piece over a 12-month forward-looking period. So when one month ends, then the next month begins. And kind of looking at what the numbers are, what you're spending currently, then I would have in a second column what the targeted numbers are of where you should be. And the third column is, you know, the surplus or deficit, what we need to get through to make sure we're doing the right thing. 
So taking that a step further, Paul, I think one of the things that we can do here is to make sure that the big ticket items that are essential for us to continue individually as a family whatnot are being taken care of. And the other things that are nice to have but not truly essential for what we're doing, ideally, if we can get clients to go ahead and really look at that, those discretionary expenses, and these could be things like travel or cable or eating out or doing other things that you'd love to do or even non-essential purchases, lowering that amount and taking that difference and rerouting it to the essential savings category, really in the emergency fund or cash reserves, so that when money is needed going forward, clients aren't going to have to worry. They're not going to freak out. They're not going to gain anxiety. They're going to be able to go in there and essentially have the money they need to basically take care of themselves and their loved ones. Love it, Jeff. Having that parameter that you discussed, the target numbers, the surplus, the deficits, six months of gross living expenses, having the right amount, so, so, so important to take care of yourself and your family. Jeff, share with us also, with COVID-19, what some of the changes are also with the IRA and RMD, those that have to take money out and qualified retirement plans. Great question, Paul. And you know, this year only, for 2020, you do not have to take an RMD or required minimum distribution. And the rationale for that, Paul, is that if the money stay in the account, because a lot of people lost money because of the decrease in the markets, at least temporarily, what happens is there's more money working for you, more money growing for you, and This way, you're not subject to the tax liability that that could trigger based on the fact that you have to take money. So that's a very important thing. And I should point out, Paul, that these changes right now are only good for 2020. They could be extended, but right now they're currently good for this period now. So that's a key one. A second one are loans from retirement accounts. If your qualified plan allows you to take out a loan, then you can go as much as $100,000 versus the old traditional $50,000 pulling that money out. The only problem I have with accessing retirement money like that, Paul, is it becomes too easy for people. And anytime something goes outside the norm, then boom, all of a sudden we take out the retirement money. And then when we get closer to retirement, you know what? not going to be there or what we thought we could do, we're not going to be able to do. So that's going to create a lot of situations for people who try to gain access to it now in the short term, instead of doing that cash reserve. And all of a sudden now, when everything's said and done, there's no money left for retirement. You know, I would say taking money out of an IRA is probably the last of the list if I had to, because you're going to get taxed on that money. There's no loans like there are for qualified plans and you could end up all of a sudden you pay tax and there's no money to replenish it. And all of a sudden now you're a lot worse off than you were before. Those are some of the key things that have come up too. And I just want to point out one other tax item that some people don't know about. We know that we can write off charitable contributions as an itemized deduction and we would itemize only if They would exceed the standard deduction and itemized deductions, the main categories, 
include medical tax, interest, and contributions. The contributions portion has been extended to 100% of income versus 60% of where it is now. But one of the other things I want to talk about that could be really good for clients is this. This is the only year where you can actually get an above-line deduction on your charitable contributions for up to $300. And again, that's not a significant number, but nevertheless, that would allow people to use the standard deduction and to itemize things up front to give you the ability to write off some of those charitable contributions that people may have been waiting on based on whether they can get a benefit or not. I think, Paul, I think the important thing is that clients go ahead and do year-end tax planning in the last quarter to kind of see where they are now. So even to see if they need to have additional money set aside for paying tax or to borrow from their retirement account or from other types of account, or even perhaps speak to your landlord about your rent. Maybe there's a possibility that the landlord will basically defer your rent and maybe postpone it for a couple of months. I doubt they would ignore it and say, all right, we're going to let you uh, pass on that rather. But I think the benefit of that is kind of give you a couple of months to get your footing in, to get really in tune with what's going on out there. Speak to the landlord, reach out, see if there's something that he or she may say, you know what? Yeah, we trust you. We've seen you work. We'll give you like two or three month extension. You won't accrue any additional interest. We'll just add it to the bottom or the back of what you owe and when the loan comes due. So I think those are some good avenues, Paul, that some of your clients can take away with you you know, with them rather, and see, you know, what can I do to kind of lessen the load now so I'm in a better position to move forward. One last thing on that, I think long-term cash flow planning is essential. We got the reserve. We got the monies on hand. Let's kind of revisit the issue. Let's see now, based on where things are, how is it going to look? How is it going to project into the future and what we can do to be in the top level where we know that we're going to be protected going forward. And that also includes looking at the different disciplines that may affect you, things like capital management and budgeting, like I spoke about, insurance, investments or income tax issues, college funding, retirement, estate issues. These are all some critical things. And let me just take it a step further now that I'm on a roll here. On the estate planning side, I think one of the biggest issues that our clients have to adjust to are things that change rapidly. If the client becomes sickly, if they have issues with regard to payments and whatnot, or people acting on their behalf, revise those powers of attorney, those living wills those other trust documents, those other things that all of a sudden now, I'm letting somebody else represent me because they know how I really am and what they can do to really benefit my wishes going forward. You know, if people are getting sickly and they haven't addressed this, that's a real issue. So one of the things I always counsel people on is, you know what, get everybody together. Go through with all those key family members that are a part and a dear part of your life and just go around the table and talk about it openly, those things that come up 
that we need to account for. Because even if they're not local, they can go on Zoom or another service and they can basically be a part of the conversation, Paul, is that now everybody knows where everybody stands. It's going to prevent fewer mishaps in the future. The communication issues are strong. Everybody knows where they need to be. And ultimately, it's going to be a better scenario for the client just in case they become sick through COVID or some other type of uncertainty out there, or they need to shift gears midstream, or they need to figure out where other payment options are going to be, all critical things. And one last thing about life insurance, if your clients are healthy, but they're concerned about getting sick, there's no time like the present to increase the amount of life insurance that that client needs. Because obviously, if you're unhealthy, you're probably not going to be able to get it. But if you are healthy, you know, this might be a good avenue to make sure your family, your friends, others who are dependent on you are able to have that lifestyle that was envisioned years ago. Jeff, you're amazing. So appreciative of the very depth and width of this sound advice. Unfortunately, Jeff, I'm sad to say that we have had one client pass away. It's very real. It's out there. As you said, bring the family together. Discuss uh, contingency plans. Discuss living wills during COVID and even after COVID because none of us really know when we will depart this life. And your advice of bringing family together, being prepared, having budgets, having cash flow targets, putting money aside towards charities up to $300, going to rent and landlords going out and looking at cash flow planning, just wonderful, wonderful action items, things that people can be doing to be prepared, whether it's COVID or some other tragic event that occurs in our lives. So any final closing remarks, Jeff, you uh, wish to add? You know what? Life happens, and we always have to be prepared just in case. And one of the things I would tell you to tell your clients, Paul, is this. Have them write down all their concerns on a piece of paper, or I use in my classes my infamous whiteboard, and then have them all listed there, then prioritize them for most important to leave. Because even if the client does run out of funds or runs out of time or other things like that, at least the big ticket items, those most important for the client, family, friends, and others, are well taken care of. And I think that's going to go a long way for people to start doing that right now. And it's wonderful, Paul, that you're looking at your client's interests and we're trying to make sure that we get all the necessary things so they're safe and secure. Thank you so much, Paul, for this wonderful opportunity. Thank you, Mr. Jeff Ratner, for joining us. And uh, we look forward in uh, catching up with you at other trade show conferences and events and appreciate all that you contribute to helping families and individuals be prepared for their financial future. My pleasure, Paul. This episode of the Arista Advice Podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more advice on your wealth so you can focus on your dreams. Don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you in the next episode.